We just thank you, Father, for this message right now, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you hide me behind your word, Father. We break every mindset right now, Father. We break every distraction, Father. We break every, every time our mind gets lost. We break that witchcraft right now, Father. We break every wandering spirit. We break every, all the spirits that are trying to attack us right now, Father. We loosen their power now. We loosen the power of God on this place, Father. And we thank you, Lord, for your anointing. We can do nothing without your anointing. And we need you, Holy Spirit. We need every word inspired by you. We need every movement. We need every situation and action inspired by you. Thank you, Jesus. And this message that I have tonight, I'm, and I'm good. it's good that uh, Shane kind of went into that because it's going to kind of help us with what we're, God's going to be doing for us, doing with us. This message is called Conviction of Men. Conviction of Men. Galatians 2.11-16 through 16. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they, came, they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. So, Peter, so, when, so Paul and Peter end up getting into a conflict here. Because there was two groups of pre preaching the gospel. There was the Jews that were preaching the gospel to the circumcision. And then there was the Gentile. There was, well, that, not the Gentiles, but Paul. And then he's bringing it to the Gentiles. So there was two different things going on here. The same gospel, but two different, way, two different people groups that they were bringing it to. And what happens is Peter, Paul comes, and then because... He was, they were gathering together, all coming in agreement. It even says here that they actually greeted Paul. But then, what happened? The those of the circumcision came, and he withdrew himself. Just keep that in mind. Let that set a foundation. And the others dissembled likewise with him, and so much that Barn Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation, with their deception. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou, being a Jew, livest after the manner of the Gentiles, and not as the Jews, why compellest thou the Jews to live as the, do the Jews? We who are Jews by nature, and not sinners of the Gentiles. This is, what, this is exactly the problem we have going on. And I don't want you to get misdirected by that part, the whole thing about the Jews. And, the, and we all know that God has given Paul and, and he's given us free power. It's not just to preach to the Jews, to preach to all creatures. But here's the thing that we get and that everybody gets in the churches when certain people are around. See, Peter was fine with Paul and his God. Peter was, everything was fine until the pharisaical, I can call them the pharisaical Christian because technically the Pharisee, the Pharisee spirit wasn't only them that were in Jesus' time. The Pharisee spirit is any religious spirit that tries to bind man to man's law. And they came up with their own... If, Pete, if they would have received from God and actually were sensitive to the Holy Spirit... See, this is the problem we have too. Because we're not continually sensitive to the Holy Spirit and we, we resist Him in certain areas, we can't catch revelation and understanding about what He's trying to do or things, further things in God's plan. So, yes... These guys of the circumcision from the Hebrew church were preaching the gospel, but they didn't have that revelation yet that it was, it was to be unto all men. So there was a separation here. But Peter was okay with it. He was like, okay, yeah, you're preaching the gospel. To... But then 
they come and conviction. Oh, I can't, I can't be with you guys. I need to be with them. That's what the Jews. Oh, Barnabas too. Barnabas, an apostle of God. Oh, oh, I better submit too. Paul is the only one standing his ground saying no. Well, you guys preach the gospel. You don't even have a revelation of that. It's not just to the Jews, that it's unto all men. But here are these two. Oh, I better not. And this is us too when religious, when certain people come around. Oh, it's man's opinion, man's way of thinking, man's own conviction that they put on us and we, and we put it on ourselves. And we think that, and then we get so deceived that, and we think it's God's conviction, but it's really not. It's we're only doing it for man. See, when, they, if they were never around, who knows, they, they all could have, could have probably, Barnabas and all them, they could have probably just preached to the Gentiles that were locally by, but because they were coming around, they, could, they can't do that anymore. And this is the thing we need to break in, in today's church is when we're around certain people, or not even just around certain people, but just in general, because somebody feels a certain way about something, and it's not, and it may, and it may even be from, this is the thing, it may even be from God. But we cannot, just because somebody feels convicted about something, and they put it on us to be convicted about it, we still need to get our conviction from God, or else we will be doing it just for them. See, Peter was doing it just for them. Barnabas, an apostle of God, him and Paul were preaching church to church. I was reading it last night. They were going from church to church to church. Signs, wonders, power, revelation. And then he even submits and comes under religion in one moment because he was convicted not by the Holy Spirit, not by God, by men. And this is what, and we're, getting, we're coming to a crucial time. God is lifting up the, the remnant church. And there's going to be tons and tons of people around gathering for revival. And when these, when these men come, when these religious devils come, are you going to submit to them? Are they, and not only are you going to submit to them, you may not even submit to them directly and say, just like they submitted them directly and said, oh, you know what? We got to stay with the Jews. Oh, you know what? We're not with you, Paul. Wait a minute. But we may actually su submit to them indirectly by coming under their influence and power. When some, somebody comes around, when a religious person comes around, oh, we won't do things because they're around. I know that it says in that one part, it's that don't let the, the, the little child stumble. Don't do certain things around certain people because they haven't arrived to that. But when the religious come around and they come with their own thing, that's the thing. And, and we, get, we act a certain way. We do things a certain way because we don't want to come against, we, we don't want them to blame us. See, the Pharisees were convictors of Jesus and Conviction, we're all, we're all taught about the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But what we don't know today is that the devil, religious devils, men, they bring conviction too. The, the devil, one of the biggest deceptions of the devil is that he will come in spirit and act like the Holy Ghost and act like he's bringing conviction of the Holy Ghost, and you will think it's the Holy Ghost, and then you're sitting there lighting candles in a Baptist church, then you're sitting there doing the Shabbat Shalom on Friday, then you're sitting there saying, oh, I better do the Sabbath because I feel convicted. But that, but we, we know about all those things, but some people still get convicted and they think it's God. But it's not God. Let's go, let's, let me go to you, let's go deeper into this, Romans 14, 5, 12. And this is actually Paul, and if you see in Hebrews, Paul cuts up them, cuts them up so, so many different ways, and it goes so deep if you actually read it. And I want you to see, 
maybe this scripture in a different light, how he actually kind of rebukes them in a way. Because a lot of people look at the scripture and they look at it like Paul's just saying, okay, if they, they want to believe that, they believe that. And if they want to believe that, they believe that. But he's actually not really saying that. He's actually, take, listen to the scripture and catch it by the spirit. He's actually kind of hiddenly rebuking them in a way. One man, and you know this scripture, Romans 14, 5 through 12. One man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He's, he's, it's a key there. Be fully persuaded in his own mind. So he's saying, you do this, you do this. But let's, let's kind of go. just add the sentence that he could say if he was going deeper in it. Don't be, don't do it because he or she is doing it. Be fully persuaded in your own mind. See, a lot of us do things because, and, and even, even, in, even amongst the body of Christ, we do things just because so-and-so is doing that, so-and-so is doing that, but we cannot just do things because so-and-so is doing that. We need to do things because God is saying we need to do it. And even if it's right, we still need to have the, per, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. If there's something that we see that, Maybe we should be doing, we shouldn't say, oh, let me just do it because so-and-so is doing and I believe everything that so-and-so says. Even right now, what I'm preaching, you cannot just believe me and say, great message and say, yeah, whatever, I'm in agreement. You have to get, have the Holy Spirit convict you and show you and bring revelation yourself. Or else, even if what I'm saying up here may be right and may be from God, if you don't catch it by your spirit and you catch it in the flesh, you'll never get the impartation in the spirit. And I think in the Hebrew church, they weren't even getting the impartation that Paul, that's why he had to rebuke them so much. He that regretteth the day, regretteth unto the Lord. He that regretteth the day, regretteth unto the Lord. And he that regretteth not the day, to the Lord he doth not regret it. He's saying, you do this because, it's because God's convicting you. You do this because God is convicting you. So he's already trying to cut the dross out there. He's already saying, kind of telling them in a way, you, should be, you shouldn't be doing this because, see, there is such, in the Hebrew church, there's such an influence from each other because they all have the, still the Jewish tradition, this, that, and the third. Even in, in, in other scriptures, they, it goes deep into it where Paul's like, you guys do the festival and all that, but you push it on everybody else. And he rebukes them about, about even bringing that yoke onto them because there's, and they still have all this religion. So, so Paul's trying to say, but most of, even though you, okay, you say God is telling you to do but most of you do it because others in your congregation are still religious and you're actually doing it because of them and you're all man-pleasing each other. And you're all actually not arriving to the full knowledge of Christ. You're just stay, still staying religious bondage together. Nobody's, and, 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 and when you're in the majority, see, in that church, if somebody else besides Paul were to raise up, right, somebody, like, not a pastor or anything, just like a regular congregation member, they'd be probably scared to do it. Because the majority is saying, oh, we should be doing, the majority in the Hebrew church is probably saying, oh, we should be doing the Sabbath still and this, that, and the third. And there was probably that one person that was convicted of the Holy Spirit to say, no, you know what? It's Jesus is the Sabbath, blah, blah, blah. They could have gone on that. But because the majority, the majority had, was submitted to man's theology. And when we don't submit to God, to, to the conviction of God, to what God's telling us, we will always submit to the majority. Either there's only there's two convictions in the world. It's either the devil and man is going to convict you, or God and His church will. 
We have to make sure that everything that we're claiming we're convicted to do or feel that we're supposed to be doing or not doing is actually coming from God and not from a, This is going deep into the man-pleasing spirit. Because we can do things just because we're pleasing someone else. When, somebody, when somebody's not around, we act free and all that. But then when somebody comes in, a certain person that, may, that you feel that with, then, oh, I better be. Oh, let me do this, right? Let me. Then you, so we start freaking out. But why is that? Because we're pleasing man. We need, to be we need to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. We need to be convicted from God's word. We cannot just do things because somebody says do it. And you're, you, need to, you need to get the impartation of it. That's what happens in religious church. Everybody is man-pleasing. Everybody has their own theology. Everybody has their own spirit. Everybody has, is, that, that's what's happening not in the false grace church, but that, that, that kind of church where everybody just gathers because it's all about the man up there and everybody has their own way and they're all trying to exalt. But no one's actually submitting to one anointing. Everybody's bringing all these different spirits. But, there's, but nobody's actually submitting to the Holy Spirit. For none of us liveth to himself. And none of us dieth to himself. He's already saying, you're not doing, you're not, Doing and not doing because of you or because of what you want to do or don't want to do. See, a lot of people read, a lot of people read Paul's letters verbatim and they don't actually catch the revelation and impartation of Paul's letter. And that's why the people are so religious and so false grace because they say, oh, well, John or Paul, they said, well, we got to love, love, love. But they never catch the revelation of love. And Paul said, I can't say certain things to you because of carnality. So I have to say it a certain way so you, your carnal mind might get it. But even then, your carnal mind still might not get it because it's a carnal mind. And, it, and that's the thing. We cannot even sometimes we try to butter up the word. But we have to give it by the Spirit or else they will never catch it by the Spirit. If they're not in the Spirit, they're never going to catch it by the Spirit. For none of us liveth unto... For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For, this, for to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be the Lord both of the dead and the living. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set... See, he's already saying, because if one man wants to break out, they're all going to... If one man broke out in that, in that Hebrew church, in that Hebrew Christian church, they would have all came against him. They would have been reviled out of the church. Forget it. They would have been excommunicated. Oh, he's not getting with the status quo. But, it took, but if it wasn't for Paul, man, what hope would there be for the Hebrew church? If it wasn't for a Pharisee that was taken out of the system to show, to set, for God to show that man the system and the kingdom, if it wasn't for that man being shown the kingdom, they would have never got it and they would have just probably went back to be Pharisees. It took a Pharisee, the worst Pharisee, to come out of being a Pharisee to show the Pharisees what it looks like to be a Pharisee and of, and of the kingdom. Or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we all shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We all shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Nobody is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Your friend, your neighbor, your mother, your father, your leaders, nobody is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ except you and you alone. It's not going to be, you can't be, well, the pastor, here, pastor, come here to the judgment seat. It's going to be you. Yes, the pastor did his job. Don't be blaming him for what you did and didn't do. It was, did you receive from me in him? Did you, 
man please and do what the what the person what the, what the preacher told you to do just because they told you to do it or did you do it because you were convicted of the holy ghost when we preach it's the conviction of the holy ghost that turn hearts and it's and many are winning proselytes the, the religious men are winning proselytes and making them like themselves but we're supposed to be making people like jesus and a proselyte actually means i have it right here I actually search that up proselyte means to change the opinion or the point of view of someone else to their opinion or point of view we're not trying to just change somebody's opinion we're trying to transform people by the power of god and this is what religious people do. All they do is just change the mindset. But it says we preach but we in word, but we also demonstrate in power. We also, our word is not just in deed, it's in power. When we, when we receive the word, it has to be received in power. Everything in the church, in and out, said and done and not done, has to be in power. It has to have a substance to it. Because if it doesn't have a substance to it, it's just dead, religious, dry bones. And it doesn't matter if it came to you with power. Are you going to open your heart to that power? Or are you just going to say yes and amen, leave the church, and then come up with a whole different interpretation of what you said? Just like he was saying when he preaches, that many people are looking at the writing, and then they're interpreting all their own different way because they're not receiving it by power. They're not receiving it in the Spirit. It's all by flesh. We need to receive in Spirit. If I don't get a message that's preached in this house I go to the secret place and seek it out. I let it bother me and so I can know it because if I don't know it, I won't get the foundation. And sometimes we don't catch the impartation. Well, if you don't catch something in the spirit, you're in the flesh. But you're in the flesh for many reasons. Whether you have your own thinking already about a certain, maybe a word's preached on prosperity or a word's preached on, on even conviction right now. But if you have your own theology that you're too set on, You'll never get it by the Spirit. If you have your own agenda, you'll never get it by the Spirit because you have your own agenda. You don't care about, when we don't really want God, we never get God. And no matter if God is presented to us or not, we never get Him because we want something else. If we will come in the church and we want to be glorified by man and we're focused on, on, on me, myself, and I, and what I'm doing and what I'm not doing, we'll never catch because we're not focused on the Holy Spirit and our brother and sister. We're focused on here. And we only, and that's the same people that they only want to receive the Holy Spirit from themselves, but they don't want to receive, that's not the Holy Spirit then in you. Because the Holy Spirit is going to convict you to listen to the true apostles and prophets of this day, to true, the true fivefold ministry of this day. So don't tell me that there's no apostles and prophets, because if you're telling me that there's no apostles and prophets, the Holy Spirit is probably, he's, he's probably, you probably left you by now. Because once you, once you go to that, there's no apostles, there's no prophets, he doesn't convict anymore, he doesn't do this anymore, there's no miracles, there's no powers. He is, the Holy Spirit is power. The Holy Spirit is truth. And he leads you onto all truth. So if you don't have those things, then you don't have him. Don't tell me you're filled with the Holy Spirit when you can't even perceive the Spirit of God in a simple person or a man or woman, in a thing, in, a, in, a, in an event. We can't even perceive the Holy Ghost, but I have the Holy Ghost. That's a load of crap, honestly. And everybody thinks, that everybody's convinced because the seal of God, brother, that you have the Holy Ghost because once he came to you, who said that? Who came up with that? Once he came to you, he can never leave you. God can do whatever the heck he wants. It's sealed. At, what, what he means by sealed is he'll keep you. But he can't keep you if you want to do your own thing. That's for people who... See, the Word of God 
God told me this today. The Word of God is not objective. The Word of God is subjective. And what that means is, for all the promises to be true, for everything in the Bible to be manifest in our life or continue to be manifest, we must subject ourselves constantly to it and to the principles of God. But it's not objective in the sense that, well, if I just came in the, the door, it's all for me forever, no matter what. This is a false gospel that's being preached. You, you got saved, you got filled with the Holy Spirit one day, and forget it, everything's for you. You're done. You don't got to do anything. The promises are for you. Just wait on the Lord. It'll happen. But you may be waiting and waiting and waiting, but you don't realize he's waiting on you to start obeying. The, pro the principles of God keep us in the promises of God. We'll never get the promises of God without the, the principles of God. Or if, it was, if it was the promise, if it's, you automatically get the promises of God. What's the point of the word? What's the point of him saying, do this, don't do this, do that, go here? When I say that, what's the point of that then? Or the false grace church. Well, it's because you love them. You do it because you love them, but you don't have to do it. That's what they're preaching out there. You don't have to do it. It's because unmerited love and favor, you get it. No matter if you do it, no matter, and they're even going as far as to saying, even if you don't love him, he loves you. And I get that. He loves every single soul, but he doesn't love you in the sense that he's going to be like, well, I'll do everything. I'm just going to give the whole kingdom to you. Love doesn't mean if I love my child, I'm not just going to be like, okay, let's go to Walmart, Target and all these stores and I'll give you all the toys in the store. That's not love. Because he's not responsible for that. He's not ready for that. He's not in the, in the state. That'd actually be, that'd actually be, uh, hate if I did that because God knows if I if he gives certain people everything just at once if he gives certain people the promises that are theirs already they're gonna blow up they're gonna mess up they're gonna be they're gonna be a hireling look at the, some of these preachers they're hirelings now they were started off with the Holy Ghost casting out demons doing this that and the third even that the one guy that we that we met in India he was a, they called him a demon hunter, but now what is he doing? Man-pleasing. Because he's not staying. It's not one and done and everything's done for you. It's not an objective gospel. It's subjective. You constantly need to stay under the umbrella to be covered from the rain. It's not saved. You're one and done. It's saved as long as you stay. There, salvation isn't a thing. Salvation is a man, and his name is Jesus. And as long as I stay with him, I'm saved. But saved isn't just saved, said a prayer. I'm yes, I'm in now. I'm, I'm written in. Yeah, you may be written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but it says that you may be written out of it. Some may be blotted out of it. Some will be written in and be written in forever. It didn't say written in forever. It said written in and some will be blotted out. Yes, you're written in because God's like, yes, God's a prophetic God. God's like, this is my future. I have a destiny already set for you. I have prophecies already set for you. I have dreams and visions already set for you. But just because they're set doesn't mean I'm going to manifest them for you. That's your job now. Your job is not to make them happen. Your job is to obey and I'll make them happen. The Israelites were promised the promised land, but because they didn't obey, they never got the promised land. His promise is concealed in your promise to follow and obey him. The gospel is 
Obey him, follow him, do what he says, and he'll do and follow, and do, follow everything that he said he would do for you. But people say, no, it's just what he said he'd do for you. That's it. It's all for you. Just believe it. For it is written, I... As I live, it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. It's not going to be the religious people that are coming on Facebook. It's not going to be the religious people that are coming in your neighborhood. It's not going to be the religious people in your family that you're going to have to give an account with or to or from. It's going to be you alone. So you better not submit to what they're saying, whether it's right or wrong, just because it's because you want to. We have many agendas of why we do those things. But we better when we confess and we bow our knee to, to Jesus and we say and we give our account, it better be pure. And purity is from the place that's deep inside of us called me and God, not me, my God and my neighbor, not me, my God and my pastor. It's me and God that I do everything that you wanted, God, that I do everything that you said, whether it be directly to me or through the messengers or through whoever. Did I receive you? Not did I receive so-and-so, but did I receive so-and-so in the spirit of prophecy or in the spirit of the apostolic or in the spirit of God? We're receiving many people's flesh, but many people will come around the real anointing just to be around it, but they won't receive it. And that's why they can't go on with it. Go back to Galatians 2, 11 through 16. I forgot a part I want to go through. Knowing that, know that a man is not, and this is verse 16, so go down to 16, I read 11 through 15, but 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. And the works of the law are not just the Ten Commandments and everything that was written in the book. The works of the law are the works of man, are the works of the earth, the works of the flesh. And when we submit to the works of what, man, what is from man and what is from man, we're submitting to the law. We're back under the law, whether it be the law of the Old Testament or the law of people. The law of people is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when we submit to the law of people, whether it's sound from God or not, we're submitting and going back to the garden and eating the forbidden fruit again. But by faith of Jesus Christ... But by faith of Jesus Christ, by our relationship with Jesus Christ, but by what happens when that communion is constantly happening between me and Jesus, that's what saves me. And people say, oh, faith is deeper than that. We, and get, I'm glad Elaine sp spoke about faith. Faith is deeper than just, I believe. Faith is actually impartation coming from God. Faith is a substance. It's not something that comes from you. It's actually something that is imparted by God that we know, that we know, that we know, that is absolute. And only things that are absolute and solid can come from God. But you have to have a relationship with God to receive something that is absolute from God. So by faith in Christ. Well, I have faith, brother. Yeah, but you don't know him. What are they going to say? When they, when, what are they going to say? When, they go, when those guys, they go to the, the, the throne room and they say, well, we did works. We healed the sick. We casted out demons. We had faith. No, you didn't. You didn't know me. Because knowing me, 
Our faith had nothing to do with works. Faith had everything to do with me. And faith had everything to do with all of my, my insides being released to the insides of you. That was faith. Faith is deeper than just what religion says. Faith is a, th- a thing. It's faith is, is, the, is the invisible force of God that lives inside of him that now is lived inside of us. That c- the same faith that was in Christ, the fa- same faith that was in the Father when he spoke, let there be light, is the same faith that is now inside of us. But if we su- keep submitting to a false faith, even Timothy, or I forget which one it is, it's probably Paul maybe, they even mention a false faith. And he wasn't actually talking about false faith as in Buddhism, thisism, that Islam, whatever. He was talking about false faith, faith that comes from man, faith that comes from our own strength, faith that comes from our own ability. I can do it, God. I can get this. Let me call down five cars right now. Let me, the prosperity, I have faith. Let me jump off a cliff. Faith isn't something that what, if I believe so much, I can do it. It is that, but what you're believing better be the word because faith is not something that comes from you. Faith is the word of God. The li- faith is the word. It's not, the, it's not, okay, let me, let me refine that. Faith is the living word of God breathed into your soul. That's what faith is. If you want to get deep in the faith, you want to really know what, what faith is, faith is the breath of God inside of you being manifest within and outside of you. And if we don't have that kind of faith, if we don't buy oil, if we don't buy oil, if we don't buy, buy gold tried in the fire, we will not have faith. The gold, the oil, this all brings faith. This all brings impartation that we can carry out in boldness. If we have a, our own boldness that comes outside of us, we are dead dry bones and we think we're so mighty and we're so awesome because we're bold and we're yelling and we're, screaming and we're doing this and that and we're going here and there and we're coming out in the crowd. And so many people, even the people, like the guys on the street, they think yelling and screaming to people and they're like, well, I'm the only one doing it around here. And they think they're so mighty, but they're actually moving in their own faith. And, and some people think, oh, if you just can't fight against the grain, brother, that's God approves. No, God doesn't. He said, well, I come and find faith. He's not saying come, come up with your own boldness. What did he say to Zechariah? He said, not by might, not by power, not by the strength of men, but by the spirit of God. If we don't walk in the spirit of God, we, our works are dead and they will be burnt up on judgment day. The works that cannot be burned are the works that come from the Father himself. Every other work that doesn't come from the Father himself will be burnt, will be as hay, as wood, as stubble. Even if it, it's from the Bible, even if it meets the Bible standard, even if it produced fruit, it is actually dross. It is actually man's foundation. It doesn't matter if it lined up with the Bible. It can line up with every single scripture in the Bible, but still be man's foundation. If it's not from him, because what he produces is invisible and what you produce is physical. And when you produce the physical, it gets burnt up by the invisible. The invisible fire that's in heaven. Well, guess what? Everything when we go into the invisible realm, nothing, nothing visible will be be able to manifest there. But everything we did invisibly will be able to manifest in the invisible realm. But we're going to try to say, Oh, look at what I did here. Look what I did. No, he's saying, it's not what you did on the outside. 
It's how you kept your heart. It's how you kept your mind. It's how, the, how you, what you received from me and you, what you did not receive from me is going to be what, either, what determines you on judgment day. When I spoke, did you receive? It's not how much I received. It's, it's when I spoke, did, I, did you receive? It's not because you knew a bunch of information. It's when I spoke to you, did you receive and obey? It doesn't matter how little. It doesn't matter how big. Every man gets a measure of faith. Every man gets a measure of the word of God straight from the throne room. But did they receive? Because when they received, they believed. And when they believed, they did it. And then people think they're receiving from God, but it's really from their own self, their own spirit, from man. And they're saying, well, the Holy Spirit convicted me to do that. You don't even know him. The religion has its own, its own kingdom. Religion has its own Holy Spirit, its own shepherds, its own apostles, prophets, pastors. It has its own foundation. Everything that we have in, in, the, in the real church, religion, the devil can't create anything new. He only brings a copycat. So what he's doing is we're coming, bringing a blueprint from heaven and the enemy seeing our blueprint and he's actually just copying it to mimic it so that we would believe it and we would turn over to his kingdom. He says, yeah, I come, I send my messengers as angels of light, as ministers dressed in, light, in apparel of light, but they are the darkness. We need to discern what is from God and what is not from God? Whether it be right or wrong, we need to discern it. It doesn't matter how many times you hear an oh, actual word from God. You need to get it here. It cannot be here. After every message, it should be, did I get convicted today by the Holy Spirit? Did I get convicted or was I evicted by the devil? Matthew 23, 15. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Hypocrites. Why? Because when man builds its own foundation, man can't keep its own foundation because God always knocks it down and laughs at him. And when you can't keep your own foundation, you can't back up the works that you did. You cannot, you won't be able to carry out what you say you can carry out. See, Abraham it said, he, it said that he had so much faith. and I, I could pull that scripture up, but we don't have time. It said that he had so much faith that he believed that not only what he, ha what he had was real, but that he could carry it out. Because it wasn't him that was going to carry it, it was God himself. But when we try to carry things out, not by the Spirit of God, we carry it out in our own strength and flesh. For ye camp compass... Sea and land to make one proselyte. And remember, good. Oh, you can't hear? It's rattling. You got the thing on that? <laughs> you good? For ye can't compass sea and land to make one proselyte. One person that will be like you. You see, Pharisees and religious people, they are not out to actually get people to God. They think they are, but deep down they're just trying to make people like themselves. And why, do, why would somebody want to make somebody like themselves? Because they want to glorify themselves. See, God created 
men and women so that he can make them like his self. And the devil said, you know what, then I want to do that too. Let me go make people like myself. And that's what the image of the beast is doing. It's trying to get us to be like the image, like the way the devil is, the way he is not, the way he does this, the way he does that. And it's funny, the image of the beast, if you, and, and Shane, I'm glad Shane opened the door on that one, because people think it's going to be like a poster. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it's manifesting in the spirit and the flesh, but people are already obeying the image of the beast by being like the devil. It, it may not be. Maybe there won't be a, a thing. I mean, at this point, I, be, I bet everybody would know we can't bow down to a thing, but you'd be surprised. Obviously, might, there might come a day where they, they will get them to bow down because if it's total martial law and it's total takeover, they're going to do anything to survive. But we're talking about the church. The devil knows they're not just going to bow down to a thing if the government says. So he doesn't do that. He gets them in the spirit and gets them to bow down to him there. Yeah, you may not be doing Yeah, you may not be going here. You may not be doing that. You may not be going to the clubs, but you're bowing down to him and doing and by giving into what he says. By giving into his way of life, to get by giving into his ministers of righteousness that teach you their own righteousness. And when you when you learn their righteousness, the righteousness of demons, you start to teach your own righteousness. And then you bring heavy burden and and heavy yoke. God says, my yoke is easy and my, light, my burden is light because when I release my burden and my yoke, it is me. Why is it, why is it easy and, 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 and not heavy? Because I pick it up. You see, when Jesus picked up the cross and that man that came over, that was a representation of the Father picking up the cross with the Son. And now you are the Son of God. Now you are, are Son of the Son. You are sons of the Son. And now the Father is picking up the cross with you too. Because His burden is easy and His yoke. His burden is light. I mixed up, didn't I? His burden is light. Go ahead. His burden is light. But if your burden is heavy and your yoke is not easy, that's because you're living your own righteousness. You're living your own style. You're living your own way. You're doing things that God might have told you to do, but you're doing it by the flesh. Many people even hear God and, God, okay, do this, do that, do that, okay. But they don't do it by the Spirit of God. They do it in the flesh. Oh, go do this to that. Go, go here and go and say that. But they do it in their own strength. God says, wait a second, don't do anything yet, and you do it. Yes, it was from God, but then you actually took the vision of God and just threw it in the trash because you did it, you bring your way. When God gives us his own way, we have to let him carry it. Carry the cross, carry the burden, carry the yoke. He gives you the burden and the yoke for the people and the church and the, and, and the lost. But he says, you're going to carry it, but I'm going to carry it too, and I'm going to make that thing light. He's the man that was in the back of the cross that was carrying it with Jesus. And I bet you that man had some supernatural power because God probably was like, I need, I need this to be life for Jesus. Let me get this guy. This guy, he probably gave him like all the, what, what these men put on uh, with steroids and all that. He probably gave it to him supernaturally. But that's what he's doing to us in the spirit. He's, yes, he's saying, pick up your cross. But he's saying, yes, you have to do it. And not be like the false graces and just look at the cross or the legalist and try to pick it up like there's some strong diesel maniac. No, I'm going to be the one in the middle. You're going to be the one in the middle that doesn't just look at the cross, doesn't try to carry it on their own. You're going to carry it and look at me 
and we're going to do it together. And, but if we don't do that, that's why we try to obey the word of God. We try to do things, but we never can actually fulfill it. I don't care if you can hear the word. Can you do it? Yeah, we have hearers and we have people who try to do it, but then we have people that do it. False grace people just hear it and they're like, oh, amen, we're going to be saved. He just, wait, he just told you to go stop sinning and you're saying, oh, amen, we're going to be saved. What are you talking about? And then a legalist. Oh, oh, okay, I got to go. Oh my God, I better do that now. Okay, let me go write, read my Bible. Let me go read 10 scriptures. Let me go prophesy to every single person. Let me go, let me go preach to every single person in the street. Let me get every homeless place to say, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. They try to do it in their own might. But the Son waits on the Father. The Son waits on the Spirit of God that empowers the flesh. Jesus did everything. His flesh may have been capable, but He didn't let His flesh be capable. He let the Spirit within Him do everything that the flesh couldn't. And there's no excuse for people to be like, oh, well, that was Jesus. Well, you can't do that because that was Jesus, you know. But if he had the Holy Spirit, and now I have the Holy Spirit, what's the difference? Yeah, that was Jesus. What was his power? The Holy Spirit. And now I have it. So what's this, what's the, what do you mean that was like, that was Jesus. Well, I have the same inside, I have the same resurrection power inside of me. So don't tell me that that was just Jesus when I have the source of what he did and what he didn't do or what he could resist and what he could, could resist. I have that same source in me and in heavenly, in heavenly vessels. It causes heavenly vessels because heaven is inside of our vessel. But if we don't let heaven prevail, the flesh is always going to prevail on us. Jesus always had a choice. He said, I don't do things on my own accord. I don't, I don't even judge on my own. But as he sees, I see. And as he speaks, I do. That's the, that is the burden that is light. And that is the yoke that is easy. When I do it his way or the highway, that's the way that I fulfill the will of God in my life. It calls the Holy Spirit the helper. Oh, he's just going to help. He's going to comfort me when I'm depressed. Every seven days a week when I'm depressed, he's going to come and deliver me for five seconds. And then the next five hours, I'll be back to depression. But he's my helper. I'm not even going to name names, but I, and I hate to go this route, but I just feel led to do it. Pastor's saying, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. And he's, he kills himself because of depression and anxiety and all these things. But he's glorifying the Holy Spirit because he's glorifying with the Holy Spirit with his mouth, but he's not glorifying the Holy Spirit with his heart and obeying and doing it his way. You can, you can say, oh, I'm led by the Spirit all day long and be led by the flesh all day long. It doesn't matter what you do here. It doesn't matter what you do here. It matters what you do right here. When he comes to you in the secret place that nobody knows about, that nobody can see, are you saying, yes, God? Are you saying, yes, Lord? But if he doesn't back it up with an amen, son, then that just shows you never submitted to him. And many people are saying, I have the Holy Ghost, but they resist the Holy Ghost every single day and he gets grieved. The false church doesn't know that, but they always overlook it. They see it, but they're like, maybe that's a little, maybe Paul was a, a little angry that day. Maybe he, he doesn't get grieved, right? Because he's, he's a loving God, but he gets grieved. 
And the things that we think he gets grieved about, he doesn't even actually get grieved about. The things that we don't think he gets grieved about, he actually gets grieved about. Oh, I messed up in the flesh. He's mad. Oh, God is mad. The legalist. God is mad. Oh, I messed up. I didn't mean to do it. I didn't want to do it, and I did it. But he's like, just get up, dude. And then the thing, oh, that's okay. I just made a mistake. But God is angry. This is what's happening. Because we're not receiving the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We've lived by the dead letter for too long. We've let the Bible convict us, but not the Holy Spirit convict us. Because we've let our own interpretation of the Bible convict, be the convictor in our life. Well, I better not do that. The Bible says I better not do that. The Bible says I better observe all the days of the Sabbath. The Bible says, oh, I better do it. I better do it. But it's not even God. And you think it's God. That's the, the, the biggest deception is you think it's God, but it's not even close. And then, and, and God might even save some of these people because they've been so deceived by false conviction, but it's not, and, and they, but they can never get out of it. We need to let the Holy Spirit convict us. We need, when something comes in our mind, the devil convicted Eve to do what she did and she thought it was right, but it wasn't God. And she, she had conviction. Oh, well, I think, I, okay. I think I'm just feeling it's right. I should do it. And then here comes Adam that actually heard from God, don't touch the tree. And then the conviction of the devil on his wife convicted him to think that it, was, it might be okay with God. Maybe God is saying we should eat this tree. But he didn't hear God. He heard his wife speaking. And maybe there was man-pleasing. Maybe Jezebel was already started in the, in the garden. Oh, but my wife wants to do it. I just, we just got married. We just got together, you know. We don't have a marriage certificate, but we're married. We just got together. I can't, maybe I can't, man, please. She's going to then run into the wilderness and, well, I don't know if she's going to give birth to because there's no other man out there. But I can't, I mean, you know. And he submits to his wife. He, she, he submits to the conviction of men and women that come and they prowl around like roaring lions. They come, they, they come as sheep. I'm a, but they're wolves looking to deceive you. It says, Paul says, they're looking to spy out your liberty in Christ. Liberty in Christ. That doesn't mean do what I want to do in Christ. That's the thing about liberty that everybody thinks, well, I got liberty in Christ, brother. I can do this. I can't, and I can stop doing that if I want to. No, liberty in Christ means you better do what Christ says. And you, liberty means we're, in Christ means we're set free from everything else except what Christ tells us to do. We're set free from the laws, of the, the laws of man. We're set free from this person telling me what to do. And if it's not God, I don't have to listen. I listen to God. I listen to Christ inside of, inside of man. I don't listen to the man. I listen to Christ. I don't listen to the law, but I let God use the law to fulfill it in my heart so I can become the law. But if it's not him, then it's them. And then you're going to come under the same judgment as them. And what it Adam, do he came under her judgment. He came under the judgment. What did, what did God do? He came right after the devil when he found out. He came right after the devil. Then he came after Eve. And then because it was one after another, the devil suffered because he was the source. Then it went to Eve because she gave in. And then it went to Adam. It went all backwards how it started. But Adam still had to pay for what the two did together. For the fornication that Eve took part of. 
See, fornication, when, when he talks about fornication in the Bible, it's not just fornication with other men and women. It's fornication with other gospels, other ideas, other things that are not from the Holy Spirit. Anything that we receive that is not from the Holy Spirit is fornication and adultery. Because we're coming in agreement with other things and that those things are, are warring and keeping us from that thing. Just like uh, 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 another woman that I could be in adultery with will keep me from my wife or, keep, or get us divorced, so will false, false doctrine and man's ways and ideas take me from the gospel. And every liar, every liar, people think, oh, oh I just told her. But every liar of that said they're living the real thing and they're not will be damned. It wasn't just talking about liars like they told a white liar. No, the liars that say it's everything spiritual. We take it so physical. That's why we have to get and receive from the Holy Ghost what he's saying. Even just like we always preach, what, everything in the Bible, it needs to be breathed on by the Holy Spirit. And if not, we will take it in a wrong way and it will affect our lives. And we look at those things, well, oh man, I just messed up. I told, I said a little lie yesterday. But it, it was actually more so, not that, I'm not saying that God is, isn't mad at that or whatever. He might be, he might not be. You need to know him to know that. But you need to not be a liar and say, I'm obeying the word, but I'm actually obeying man. You need to not, to be, you need to not be a liar and say that I'm walking in the full power of God when you never felt his presence before. You need to not be a liar and say that you're an apostle or prophet or pastor or teacher or so-and-so, and you were never given that title at all. You just got it because some man told you, I, you're supposed to be an apostle. Just because they're from some theology school, well, I better listen to him. He had seven degrees. Or because I want to be a pastor, or because my daddy or mommy was a pastor, I should be a pastor, right? Because I'm the son. I'm the daughter. This is all man's what thing. But the problem is, is when they call it God. Last scripture, and then we'll wrap this up. John 16, 7 through 8. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. Jesus had to leave. Well, people say, well, why can't, couldn't Jesus stay and the Holy Spirit stay? Because he had to release the Spirit inside of him. He had to release the Holy Spirit because his death made it possible for the, for the blood to have power because the blood has power through his spirit. It's the spirit and the blood. It's the word and the blood. But the, word, the written word is only a testimony of the real word. And the real word is the spirit of God himself. It's Jesus Christ himself. But Christ isn't just a man. He is God, the spirit of God. And, if he, and he's, when he said that, he's, he's actually telling them deeply in a deeper way. You need to see, we need to see the Bible in a deeper way because these simple things that Jesus said, we miss the deepness of it and what he's, why he's saying it. We don't even know. Some of us don't even know some of the, the things he said. We take it another way and we spin it and it's good. But we need to know deeper why he said it because there was a specific thing he's trying to catch. Jesus didn't always say things plain. He had to say things in parables because people wouldn't understand. But if we actually understand it by the Spirit, we'll get the deepness and the depth of it. He was saying, I'm, I can't, you can't, don't, don't hold on to me, Paul, because you know, or Peter. Don't hold on to me, disciples, because if you keep holding on to me, you'll never get me. I'm 
getting rid of me so I can give you the real me, which is no longer this flesh anymore. It is the insides of me. That the insides of me would become the insides of you. I, want, I don't want this on a deeper way. I want the, I said, and he said, I, even, I read it last night. There's the one scripture that says, I'll tell you things, or, or, or there's some things I can't tell you, but you will know later. And then there's another scripture that he says, I will, there's things I can't tell you now, but I will tell you later. Because he's saying, now I'm coming in spirit. And you know what I was, I was saying? God, why can't, and like, just like in the Old Testament, why can't you, got, you speak to us like that? Where they heard you practically audibly all the time. And I don't know if it, it was audibly over the time or there was like, kind of like a little like saying it was audibly, but not really saying it was audibly, almost like in a, what, I don't know what that word is called, almost like in a picture. You know what I'm talking about. But I'm like, why can't we hear you audibly like that anymore? He's like, you have it better. What are you talking about? I'm inside of you now. Now, it's not just you speaking, me speaking, and you doing what I say. Now, it's me speaking inside of you and doing what I told you to do, but through my own, my own strength. Now, what I tell you to do, not only will I tell you to do it, now I will carry out the will and power for you to be able to do it. This is another level now. Now, he's saying, now, what do you, what do you want me to speak like that? I'm speaking all the time. I'm right inside of you. Just turn your heart to, the, to your spirit. I'm there. You're waiting for me. You're waiting for me, but I'm there. And the poor Israelites were waiting for God and doing this. But we have, and we, and we still complain, and we have him right here inside of us. He's not up there anymore. That's a, this is a deeper thing. The, the disciples, if the disciples would only know, they would be like, Jesus, go run to that cross now. Do it, do it, God, because I, so you can come back. Do it so you can release yourself to the Father, but you can release your heart and your mind to me. So now we won't just be there in the flesh together. We'll be there in the deepest way possible. That your inner being, it says that the spirit of a man is, is, is the deep inner, is the inner being, is the deep part, is the core. And now we've been, we've been given God's deep part, his core, his inner man. The inner man is always deeper and greater and more powerful and more everything it's increased way more it's it's a glorified you on the outside but it's the deeper the inner man is the real man and he's saying why do you want this flesh because you're going to get the real me you haven't seen nothing you think you saw powerful powers and miracles but you're about to get all that power that was inside of me and it's going to be in you now it is expedient for you that i go away expedient he said it right there it is good for you to go away why are you holding on to me you need me because now you won't be questioning me like you have been for the last three years. You won't have to question in me yourself anymore or me anymore because you will know all things. What did Paul say? Christ lives inside of me, the Spirit of Christ, which is the Holy Spirit, and I know all things. Why? Through the Spirit that knows all things. Now I don't have to... Now if Jesus... Yeah, Jesus, we want Jesus in our church. We, people say, oh, well, Jesus was here physically. But if he was here physically, he couldn't be here spiritually, and then you'd be questioning him all the time. Jesus, what is this? What? And then he would say, you of unbelief, you hypocrites. You un you're unbeliever. But now we can believe because the, the one that released the belief and spoke the belief is now helping us to believe. This is the great power of God. This is the great gift of God. When it talks about the gift of God, it's in that scripture where it says the gift of God, God revealed it to me in 
Brazil, and some of us may know this, but I didn't know it. I thought the gift, when it was saying stir up the gifts inside of you, it was saying stir up the apostolic, the prophetic, blah, blah, blah. And that is what it's saying too, but really what he was saying, stir up the gift of God in you that I laid hands in the beginning, the Holy Spirit. Because you can move in a gift and still move in the flesh. The gifts and callings are without repentance. But if you don't move in my spirit, your gift will never be able to flourish and be glorified and do what it's supposed to do in every single time and way. This is the great message. This is the great Holy Spirit. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. He will come for you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin. Or, and actually, the, I don't know what translation I pulled. I'm sorry if I pulled the wrong one. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And he will convict you and show you the conviction to help. I mean, and people say, oh, you're con the conviction's only for the world, brother. There's no more conviction anymore. Well, he's still convicting us because our carnality is at war with our flesh, or with our spirit. And we still need to know what's inside of us is not of God and what inside of, it, inside of us is of God. Without conviction, joint and marrow cannot be cannot be separated. Without conviction, we cannot go forth and know what we are to do. Conviction doesn't only convict us to do what's wrong, but it also convicts us to do what's right. Conviction is God's the influence and the going forth and the confirmation of God's word. But we need to get it from God. So everybody stand up. We thank you, Father, today, Father, that we will no longer be convicted. We don't want to be convicted because of our own carnal mind. Our carnal mind is convicting us and trying to tell us what to do and not to do, but it's slowly getting us to submit to the image of the beast. It's slowly getting us to submit to the, the devil's ways, and even the devil will show those ways as ways of light, but they are ways of darkness because there's a way that seems right to a man, but it brings forth death. There's a way that seems right to a man and looks like heaven, but it's hell. And I thank you, Father, that we would cast away that way that seems right to a man that tries to convict us, that tries to bring us under religious bondage, that, tries, that tried to bring Peter and tried to bring Barnabas and all these guys under bondage. But let us not be influenced by it anymore. When the religious people come, when the Pharisees come, when the many he heathen and the, and, the, and the false prophet and the, the sheep that are the, the, the wolves that are disguised as sheep come, let us not be deceived by their false conviction. Let us, be, let us not be deceived by what they perceive as right and wrong, but by what you perceive. And if it doesn't bear witness, if it doesn't convict me, if it doesn't come in my spirit, I reject it from every religious person. We reject every religious person in their word and their way and their, their thinking and their ideology and their conviction. And, and, and manly conviction brings worldly condemnation. And if we don't con get convicted, there's never any repentance. Because if it's not the conviction of God, it is worldly sorrow. Because we feel bad, but we keep doing the same thing. But when God comes, He not only tells you what is wrong, He actually helps you do what, helps you stop doing what is wrong. I thank you, Father. We just fill us, fill this room, fill us with fresh conviction again. Fill the church. Fill the people again with fresh conviction. Let everybody listening through YouTube, Facebook, everywhere be convicted by the Holy Spirit. Let them not be convicted by me. Let them be not convicted by their neighbor, by the other person sitting next to them on the couch right now. Let them not be convicted by their father, their mother, their pastor. That is not from God. The other one, this one, that one. 
Let them be convicted by the Holy Spirit of God. And I thank you right now, Father, without your conviction, I cannot even make anybody turn over to you. And if I do make them turn over without you, Father, then it's just another proselyte. I thank you, Father. Just bring fresh conviction to this atmosphere. Bring fresh conviction to the churches of the world right now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.